the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, January 5th, here to break down the four-game schedule in the NBA and helping me to break it down. You guys know him as a voice on the NFL Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, and, of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. Good to be back. Uh, yesterday was a pretty decent day. Ended up winning the lock, lost the dog. I uh, I gambled with two in the same game, and the lock was so easy that it screwed over my dog because Ja did not play enough minutes to score 35 points. So I had the same exact picks as you. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. You know, it is what it is. But Memf- I had more money on Memphis than I did on Ja, so I guess it worked itself out. But yeah. I knew a blowout was definitely in the cards. I was just hoping that Ja would do enough early on, or maybe Charlotte would pretend to keep it close. I mean, Memphis led by double digits after every quarter. The game was over after about eight minutes, so yeah. that's not definitely not ideal. But oh well, hit the lock. So I guess it could be worse. Yeah, and also joining us here today, as usual on Thursdays, it's my main man on the East Coast. It's Delante Smith. Delante, what's going on, my man? How you doing, brother? Pretty good, man. Good to be back. Uh, got a decent, I guess, decent two game slate. Uh, they should have just left those two games up for the Thursday night and just omitted <laughs> these other two, but. Uh, good to be back, man. Uh, hoping to kick the new year off with some more winners. Yep. Uh, last night, we'll quickly recap it, and then we'll get into the games here for the Thursday night schedule. Uh, like I mentioned, four games on the schedule here tonight in the NBA. Um, Scott already mentioned the Memphis game. I don't think there's much more to add there. That was a pretty much wire-to-wire win. That game was over. Within eight minutes of that game tipping off, um, Grizzlies just got out to a quick lead at the end of the first quarter. I think they were up by either 11 or 13 points um, and then did look back after that. Uh, Most of the starts, uh, or at least John Morant, didn't play in that fourth quarter where he only logged 27 minutes. They didn't really need him in that fourth quarter. And then knowing that they have a game here tonight in Orlando, I think that's only to the advantage of the Memphis Grizzlies here tonight. Um, I think the bigger story last night, it was a game between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bucks were up, I believe, 16 points with about a minute left or a minute and a half left. I think it was 114 or 115. Yeah. Yeah, 115 around that time. And they were up by 16 were the Milwaukee Bucks. And some way, somehow, the Raptors come storming back to tie the game, send it into overtime to unfortunately only lose that game. 104, 101, the Bucks get the victory there. Um, I mean, this game was wild. The in the first quarter score at the end of the first was 13 to 12 uh, between these two teams. They combined a score for 25 points in that first quarter, which was absolutely wild. I think the Raptors got out to a 0 and 14 start from the floor. Giannis. Uh, notches a triple-double in that game last night. You can call it a quadruple-double, but it doesn't officially count, obviously, with the turnovers he had in the game. But Giannis finished up with 30 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists in that game. Um, I do, do want to ask, by the way, with that yeah. quad-double, do you refer to it as an o, a Russ OKC triple-double <laughs> or a Harden-Houston triple-double? Uh, I got to go, go with Russ. Okay. I, yeah, I go with Russ, too. Yeah, Just but saying, you have an argument for either, either yeah, one. Either, either way. Uh, one definitely. Uh, I mean, I pretty much laid it out there, but Delonte, what was your kind of reaction when you were maybe watching this game or just looking at the box score for this game between the Bucks and the Raptors? Honestly, I uh, I forgot that uh, that it was on because I seen the line move. Was I don't know if Giannis was like questionable uh, at first. It was a back to back, so it seemed yeah. like everybody expected Giannis. To okay, yeah. So yeah, I seen the line move, and I was yeah. gonna be on Milwaukee, but I was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna stay away. And honestly, I didn't I didn't watch much of it, and then uh, one of my my cousins hit me up and he was like, man, you see this uh, first quarter score? 
And I'm thinking it's going to be outrageous and it's 25 total points. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely not. It watching. was outrageous, just the other side, <laughs> yeah, the other extreme, yeah. you know. But, so, but, uh, but I mean, you know, Giannis is just continuing to be, you know, one of the one of the best in the, in the game. And uh, I think the Bucks are getting, like, into their flow. They get they get Ingles back. Um, he's working himself back. Um, Middleton's not quite there yet, but they still got some big. They got a Grayson Allen hit a big shot. I did see that. I did see yeah. him hit a. He missed like two in a row, and then he ended up hitting a huge shot. Um, so I think this giving. A, I think the books are are forming into what they're going to be uh, later in the season. Yeah, you had three separate guys in that game for the Bucks who had uh, 12 or more rebounds. Giannis finished up with 21, like I mentioned. Brooke Lopez, 19 uh, rebounds. He fell one point short of getting a double-double. And then Bobby Portis last night uh, had 12 rebounds for the Milwaukee Bucks off the bench. He chipped in with 14 points as well. The Bucks, I mean, with the amount of missed shots that were in this game, the Bucks out-rebounded the uh, Raptors in that game 73-47. to um, just again, like I mentioned with the 0 and 14 start that the Toronto Raptors didn't have. Uh, Scott, do you have anything else to add for this game at least? Well, it went to overtime, as you said, and yeah. Milwaukee out rebounded them by 26, which is kind of almost impossible to go to overtime in that situation, especially yeah. with Toronto shooting that badly in general from the floor. Uh, my two takeaways were pretty simple one's going to be about Milwaukee or just the game itself, the other one's going to be about Toronto more long term. I don't understand how Grayson Allen didn't get ejected. Like he punches Gary Trent in the nuts while he's taking a three pointer, and it turns it turns into a flagrant foul, and Trent makes the basket. So it turns into a four point play with the ball back, which was a big reason why Toronto tied the game. They gave him a flagrant one. Like I I don't know how that's a flagrant one. If you acknowledge that he hit him in the nuts, then isn't that a flagrant two basically automatically? So I didn't yeah. understand any of that. But Grayson Allen ended up making up for it, I guess, because of the shots he made in overtime. So I thought that whole situation was weird with the Grayson flagrant and just how badly Milwaukee punted the game. That would have been one of the worst choke jobs I've ever seen in the NBA. I I mean, you blow a 16-point lead in about a minute and 15. That's almost impossible. But, I mean, the worst choke job you could argue, even though it was great shot making, the Spurs against T-Mac, like you have, you have an argument there. Like you give 13 points in 35 seconds. Like that, that, that's a pretty rough one too, but – uh, either Reggie way, Miller. yeah, Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller is also up there because uh, I mean, you give up eight points in nine seconds, like that. That's that's an all timer by the Knicks there. That's true, but I didn't really understand that whole Grayson Allen thing. I wasn't sure why he wasn't ejected or what the story was there. But Milwaukee just stopped trying. Toronto came back, and uh, Milwaukee ended up winning because Giannis was the best player on the floor by a wide margin. In fact, I think he lapped the field based on how good he was compared to the rest of the team. Uh, my main takeaway for the overall game or the overall, sorry, not the overall game, the overall future for Toronto is kind of going to segue me into a couple other games from last night. Phoenix, Miami, and Toronto. You got to blow up something. Like, I'm, I'm just being honest here. You're wasting everybody's time. <laughs> like, like I, I, I don't know what your goal is. I, I don't know what you're hoping to achieve. The Suns, you can then make the argument, well, Booker's out, he'll come back. I don't think anybody's scared of this team. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I don't think anyone's really fearful of facing the Suns in the playoffs, especially with an agent Chris Paul. You have the Raptors, who might not even make the playoffs at this point. They really yeah. need to make a move. And then you're looking at the – sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Who is the Miami. other team? Miami. Miami, thank you. Mm-hmm. Miami, I don't know what the hell you're doing in Miami. Like I, I think Munaf would remember about two weeks into the season, I called out Miami. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I don't I don't think this is going to work. Like, I think this team's got serious problems. And the argument was, it's still early. You know, Jimmy's missed some time. We're going to go from here. You can't even beat the Lakers without LeBron. Like, <laughs> how, how does that the undefeated happen? 2023 Lakers. Just saying, yeah, that is true. The, under, the undefeated uh, 2023 <laughs> Lakers. But Miami, I get they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and that's cool. And Butler's a three-pointer away from arguably going to the NBA Finals. They don't have it. And I know Pat Riley is willing to admit early on that a team doesn't have and he's not afraid to make a big splash move. Yep. I think all three of these teams need to make a move because right now, based on how these teams are currently constructed, there is no chance any of those three win a title or even make a deep run in the playoffs. They are just not that good. 
Yeah, I think we've been saying about Phoenix that they need to make a move for their bench. I thought I was this our third season saying it, Scott. That they I don't even know if it's go. the bench at this point, to be honest. Like, is the starting lineup good enough? I, I think the starting lineup is good enough when, obviously, when Devin Booker is there. I mean, Chris Paul, yeah. I mean, we keep on saying they say you're older, you're older. But um, I, I, when you do get Booker back, you're probably you're, you're going to put up Shamit on the bench. But... I, they need someone off the bench. I mean, we talked about it, whether it's a Eric Gordon type, a Terrence Ronce type. I still think they need another player after that as well. But I still I still believe in that starting lineup when obviously Devin Booker is there because, I mean, he gets them off just as fast starts. He He's almost automatically getting 10 points within that first quarter for the Phoenix Suns. And since he's left the starting lineup or since he's you know been injured, they've really struggled in that first quarter. I mean, the numbers are right there. He's been that guy for them since Chris Paul got there in that first quarter. So I think that's an area of concern for the Phoenix Suns. I think if I had to pick the one team out of these three teams to blow it up, it's probably Toronto for me. Well, Toronto's furthest below in the standings, and they're just not very good. So I think Toronto has to make a move at this point. I think that's a no-brainer. Miami and Phoenix, you can argue that since the cores are experienced and they made deep playoff runs, maybe they'll keep it together. But mm-hmm. as of right now, neither team has it. Miami's too old at this point. And I'm not even mentioning the fact that half their players miss every other game because of injury management. Like, this team is definitely screwed long-term. And Phoenix, we were making the argument about Eric Gordon or Terrence Ross. They need a shooter off the bench. I think the main issue that I have with Phoenix is actually not going to be solved by either guy. They don't have enough shot creators off the dribble. Yeah, They really don't. They got Booker, who can drop 50 at any time. We know that, but... Of course, you need more than one guy. You have Chris Paul, who's been putting up good stats recently, but we know his injury history, and he's basically 40 at this point. A little bit younger. I believe he's 38, but still, you get the, <laughs> you get the point. The, the point is is that you're going after those two guys, and Chris Paul can't really create separation anymore. Who's their third option? Aiden, who looks disinterested half the time, and we complain about Aiden not being aggressive enough. Mm-hmm. You have Mikel Bridges, who's not really a great offensive player, but he has to embrace a bigger role because nobody else is going to do it, and he doesn't create much off the dribble. Cam Johnson's injured, but he's also mostly a three-point shooter. Yeah. They need somebody who can get to the hoop. So I do agree that like getting another shooter like Terrence Ross or Eric Gordon might help in the short term, but they really need somebody who can actually create isolation scoring opportunities, and they don't have that. And I feel yeah. like until they address that main concern, they're not going to win anything. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's been something that we've been talking about for a while now for this Phoenix Suns team. So, again, trade deadline is we're we're getting closer and closer to it about a little over a month since uh, till we get there. So it'll be interesting if some of these teams whether they blow it up or they actually go out and acquire pieces that they do need to make a a playoff run. So like like you mentioned Terrence Ross and you mentioned Eric Gordon, just the Mm -hmm. last point. Utah is now below 500. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. But yep. it seems like Utah is finally kind of coming back down to earth. Yep. I think Phoenix needs a guy like Jordan Clarkson. If you're talking sure. about a bench player or something yeah. like that, you need somebody that can actually get to his spots with his own dribble and make people pay in one-on-one mismatches. And Jordan Clarkson is an example. I said maybe a star if you want to trade Aiton and you want to get a better isolation score. But you get my point. I think Clarkson is definitely going to be a solid trade option for a lot of teams if Utah – fully embraces the tank yeah. might be a little bit too late for Wemby but if you saw that scoot poster the other day then yeah. I don't think the second pick is that bad of a consolation prize but you you mentioned a couple of role players I think I've pivoted more to like a Jordan Clarkson type if you want to make a case maybe a Levine type but that contract with his knee injury isn't exactly ideal yeah. they need somebody that can generate isolation scoring and I don't think that the current role players that we've mentioned in the past are going to cut it yeah uh, all right, uh, for, let's get into the schedule here tonight for the NBA. Four games on the schedule. Uh, let's lead it off here with the first game. It's going to be the Memphis Grizzlies in Orlando here tonight to take on the uh, Orlando Magic. Uh, let me start with the opening lines to get to the injury report. So this line opened up minus six in favor of the Memphis Grizzlies. That number is now at minus seven over at win bet. Total opened up at 226.5. That number has now been bet up to 230.5. Looking at the injury report, not yet one submitted for the Memphis Grizzlies because, like I mentioned, they are in a back-to-back here. Orlando has been shorthanded for a while now with guys dealing with injuries and also league suspension. So I'll quickly go through the list of guys who are out. So Bobo is out. Jonathan Isaac, we know, has been out. Chumo KK has been out. 
uh, and Mo Wagner, who's serving his suspension, is going to be out here tonight. Jalen Suggs is questionable tonight for the Orlando Magic with right ankle soreness. Uh, Memphis this season on a back-to-back situation. They are, let's see here, three and one against the spread. They are three and one to the under in those games as well. Uh, but let's start with the side here. Delante, I'll start with you. Memphis minus seven in Orlando tonight to take on the Magic. Yeah, I would just lay it with Memphis. Um, we were talking about it earlier. They didn't exert a lot of energy in that win against Charlotte. Uh, like Ja played less than 25 minutes. Um, I think that the front court dip of what well, the lack of a front court dip for Orlando is going to be a serious problem with Ja getting to the rim. Um, and also with Jan Jackson being able to control the inside without having to do much as far as, you know, guarding uh, multiple people. He'll only have to worry about containing Wendell Carter with all those guys being out in the front court. And uh, one thing about uh, Memphis is they attack the rim. And another thing that's to their advantage is that um, Orlando, even with those guys in, they don't protect the rim. At, they don't protect the rim well. They're yeah. 28th in uh, rim percentage defense, which is a, a big case of as to why I don't think they'll be able to control this Memphis team. Uh, another thing that Orlando does, doesn't does do well is take care of the ball, um, the 29th in turnover percentage, and that could lead to a lot of Memphis fast breaks. Uh, with Memphis is top five in fast break points per game. So all the metrics really point to Memphis. And, I mean, even though they're off of a back-to-back, I mean, both teams are, but – Memphis is probably the more rested team simply because they didn't exert a lot of energy in that game. Like Scott outlined, they were it's basically a wire to wire job um, from them last night. So yep. I think Memphis is uh, is a good spot. I mean, they're essentially laying the same number they were last night against Charlotte, right? It was seven, six and a half, seven. Yeah, seven. Against Charlotte. Yeah. So I mean, and on a neutral, I would probably favor Orlando over Charlotte. Um, so I think it might be a a little bit short. So uh, I would lean with uh, Memphis and the points. All right. Scott, uh, thoughts on the side here? Grizzlies laying seven against Orlando Magic? I think I have to agree. Memphis is a team that I kind of want to be backing in the immediate future. I thought it was going to be after the Christmas game against Golden State. I was one game off because they no-showed the Suns game after that. But Memphis, I figured that would be a wake-up call. This team is too talented to lose games like that, and they've looked very motivated ever since. Ever since they lost to Phoenix, I believe they've won four straight by double digits. So they're not just winning, they're winning by margin. Orlando had a nice win yesterday. OKC, with Shea back in the lineup, was coming back off of that 150 performance, and it looked like they were, I don't want to say disinterested or what the story was there, but it was a back-to-back with travel for them. So maybe OKC just didn't have a great effort. But I, I got to go with Memphis here. They're too talented. If I'm going to roast Charlotte for having no rim protection, I know that Orlando has more rim protection than... Uh, Charlotte, but not by much. I, I just think Jaw's going to be in line for a big game. You're looking at Adams, who might go for 19 rebounds again because he's an absolute monster on the glass. I still can't believe he's not even 30, by the way. How is he like 29 years old? I thought he was like Steven 35. Adams. Yeah, yeah, Steven Adams is like 29 years old, which yeah. is bizarre. Yeah. It, it, he looks like he's 38, but he's actually like 29. So, yeah. you know, he's, we haven't even entered prime Steven Adams years yet, if you think <laughs> about it. But he's still got Jaron Jackson. He's still got a lot of other guys. I just think Memphis is too deep, and I think they'll win this game comfortably. Yeah, Memphis, uh, number four in the entire league as far as rim protection or points allowed inside the paint. Obviously, you know, like Scott and, you know, Delonte, both of you guys mentioned that they have Steven Adams, they have Triple J to protect that rim. Um, and the length that we thought that Orlando had hasn't really paid dividends for this Magic team. Um, I just think it's it's a scenario where we kind of saw last night where I think the better team here will just come out and take care of business. Um, they are tied for the number one spot in the Western Conference. So, you know, going up against these porous uh, opponents where you got to pick up these victories, I think that they'll come out motivated here, obviously. And, and again, like we mentioned last night, no starters played more than, I believe, 30 minutes last night for the Memphis Grizzlies because they didn't have to in that blowout fashion. So um, I'll go and lay the points here with the Memphis Grizzlies as well with you guys. Like I mentioned, Memphis 3-1 and one against the spread in back-to-back games so far this season. Um, thoughts on the total here, Scott? Uh, it's currently sitting at 230.5 over on win bet. This one's very tricky, but I think I'll lean under. Uh, you have two teams on a back-to-back, so I just think the total's a little bit high. Memphis has been a very good live under team. They have really good or high-scoring first halves, and then they have like a quarter in the, the third or fourth quarter where the game just turns into a rock fight for some reason. I'm going to lean under. I think Orlando is going to struggle offensively against this team, 
And I think as a result, you're going to see a lower scoring game. It might be like that Charlotte game yesterday, which I know went over, but the point is Memphis had to score 130 because they weren't going to give up anything defensively the entire game. I think I'm going to lean under. Two teams on a back-to-back, total in the 230s. Slight lean to the under. I'm not going to bet it, though. Uh, Delonte. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I just I don't think that Orlando can score enough to to push it over. Um, the only thing that I have that I have worries about is that Memphis might mail it in early again, and then you know Orlando will just feast. On, I mean, even Memphis's backups are probably better than Orlando's uh, starters, to be honest. But um, I just don't I just don't trust Orlando to to score enough points. So I would lean under. Uh, I would lean to the – I would more likely play Memphis team total over than the full game under the, if I had to play anything. Yeah, I like that. Um, any player props you guys are looking at? Scott, I know you mentioned John Morant to have a big night, but any other player props here tonight? Aren't you just blindly going to take Adams' rebounds? Uh, at this point, it's yeah. getting a bit crazy. I, I know mm-hmm. that he was at 14-and-a-half last night. He didn't give a damn. He went over. But yeah. as you're going through the game logs, like 20, 22, 50, like he just, he, he's just a monster on the glass. I think if you want to pivot, you maybe could look at Triple J. I don't mind Jaws' sis. Jaws' been kind of priding himself on double-doubles recently. Mm-hmm. I think you could find a decent line there on Jaw 10-plus assists. But once again, you're worried about a potential blowout. And I think it is possible if Memphis kills this team and then you're looking at Ja 35 plus points and he's on pace for a decent performance. And then next thing you know, it doesn't play any of the fourth quarter and you're ripping up your ticket. So I don't have anything big, maybe Wendell Carter rebounds if you want to try to pivot, because I know that Terrell and I were on his rebounds yesterday because they're missing half the team in the front court. But somebody's got to rebound the ball. So I'd probably look for him. You're going to blindly take Boncaro points or you're going to try to go elsewhere? Uh, maybe Boncaro or maybe Franz Wagner. I think those are the two guys I would look at for the Orlando Satisfars points. Wagner right now is at 19 and a half, and then uh, Pancaro is at 20 and a half here tonight. Yeah. Uh, 20 and a half seems short, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, especially with all the injuries that they'd have right now, right? Um, yeah. Wagner, did he play last night? Did Franz Wagner play no, last he, night? He didn't play he last did night. No. Okay. Delonte, uh, you have any props in this game you like? Uh, yeah, just I mean, Ja over twenty eight and a half points. Um, honestly, I don't even think he needs four quarters. I think he can get it in maybe like three and a and a third. I wanted that um, yesterday. Yeah, he's he's went uh, he's went over in four of the last six. Um, and like you said, he's going to be fresh, so he's going to be looking to to get out and attack early. Um, and I don't think that defense that meant, I mean that uh, Orlando defense is going to have much resistance. I mean, in te- teams similar to um, to what. Uh, Orlando has as far as rim protection wise would be like somewhere like Sacramento, Golden State, New Orleans, uh, Denver. I mean, Jaws punished those teams for 30 plus each time he's played them. Now, granted, those teams are better than Orlando and it's more competitive. So he's more so playing more minutes. But just a comparison of defenses and the style as far as rim protection that they don't have. Um, I think it's a good matchup for Ja. Um, you pointed out with uh, Window Carter, I like his points uh, plus rebounds. Um, like you said, I mean, somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Like somebody's got to rebound. Somebody has to score inside. Somebody has to get those minutes. Um, they don't have as much depth now with those guys being out, um, as you mentioned at the top. And he's averaging 20 plus points per, points plus rebounds um, since his return. So uh, that would be the only two that I would I would like right now. All right. Um. Yeah, I think that I'm waiting for the Window Carter Jr. props to drop. I don't know if he's going to play on a back-to-back here or not, but uh, that'll be interesting to see. I do like <coughs> Wagner here tonight over 19.5 points here. Um, I think that's a pivot from Bancaro, who did have a great game last night uh, for the Orlando Magic. What did he have um, again? Right. He, had like, he had like 27, I, 8, and 7 or something? Yeah, something like that. I think it was like 26 or 27. Uh, I think he yeah, had 8 tw- and 7 with that. 25, 8, and 7, yeah, yeah last okay. night in 36 minutes for the Orlando Magic. Um, and then Wendell Carter finished that game with 13 and 13. Um, they got 18 from Terrence Ross off the bench, and RJ Hampton chipped it with 12 as well for the Orlando Magic. Um, all right, before we get over to the next game of the night, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor. That's going to be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Reduce juice on sides and totals for all bowl games a day of great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. And if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. 
limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers of exchange terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you're somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. At Underdog, the season never ends right now. You can play their weekly Battle Royal games or even draft your best ball playoff teams they also have a ton of daily games for the nba and nhl plus when you use promo code sgpn at underdogfantasy.com you get a 100 deposit match of up to 100 that's underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn all right guys let's get over to the next game of the night that's probably going to be the game of the night here the boston celtics in dallas to take on the mavericks here uh, this line opened up in the favor of the Boston Celtics uh, minus two. Uh, that number is now at minus three over on win bet. Total opened up at 229 and a half. That number is up to 232 for this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for this game for the Boston Celtics, your pretty clean injury report. Nobody's going to be out for this game. For the Dallas Mavericks, uh, three guys continue to be out, which are Dorian Finney-Smith, Josh Green and Maxi Kleba uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. Let's start with the side here, guys. Uh, minus three currently in favor of the Boston Celtics, who are just coming off of a game where they got absolutely blasted by the OKC Thunder, who were without their best player, SGA, and they still managed to drop 150 points on the um, Boston Celtics. Uh, Scott, let me start with you on this game. Boston minus three in Dallas tonight, taking on Luka and the Mavericks. Boston's the more talented team, and you can make a serious argument that they'll be extra motivated for this game after getting embarrassed against OKC. I can't lay three against Dallas at home. I just can't. I know Dallas is really bad against the spread at home, but they're really good straight up. They're 15 and five straight up, so I do feel like them getting points, I don't mind. Boston should win this game. The problem is I don't trust them enough based on current form, and I feel like uh, P-Dub made a good point in the comment section, which I agree with, which is the fact that they don't have much scoring depth besides Tatum and Brown, and you're looking at the actual supporting cast. Horford's mostly a defensive specialist at this point. Brogdon's a fun player for sixth man, but he's not exactly known as being a great scorer, and Robert Williams, whenever he does play, he's an alley-oop threat only. I mean, you could compare him to Mitchell Robinson's responsibilities offensively. So I don't, I don't see many great scoring options for this team. And when one of these two guys have a bad game, you're relying on who? Marcus Smart to show up, who's been one of the streakier heat-check three-pointer guys for about a decade at this point. Yep. Like I, They don't have many scoring options. And defensively, they're supposed to be really good. But when their defense breaks down even to some degree – I don't think the offense is deep enough to actually uh, overcome that. And I know Boston, according to rating, is number one in offense. A lot of that's front-loaded because they were so far yeah. ahead of every other team in the first couple of months. But I, the defensive concerns against OKC were extremely problematic for me. You gave up 150 to a team without Shea. Yep. And yes, I know OKC eventually made 23s, and I guess they shot pretty well. 150 points? Like, you were giving up layups on every possession. Giddy, who's not really known for being a great isolation guy, had 25 points in 24 minutes. Like, that can't happen. Yeah. I think Boston's defense is kind of struggling a bit at the moment, and the offense is too, I can't say one-dimensional, but two-dimensional with Tatum and Brown doing everything for this team. Dallas is a team I'm not a big fan of, but they are good at home. I'll take the spot. I'll take Dallas. Yeah, I think the one thing that kind of makes a difference for me or at least from a statistical standpoint is that both of these teams are top three as far as makes per game but i think one difference for me is that dallas is a very good team at defending the three-point line they're only they, they're number 11 as far as three-point percentage allowed they're number two in the entire league as far as makes a lot per game where they only give up about 10.9 rounded up to 11 and again they only give up about 31 makes or sorry 31 attempts per game which is telling you that they close out very well against some of these uh, shooters uh, or teams that shoot up, you know, a lot of three-point shots like Boston does. And like Scott, you said that it was this offensive rating or their efficiency that is top in the league is was very front-loaded because there were games where they were just coming out and knocking down at, at minimum like 17 to 18 to even 23s per game. And that's kind of, they've kind of regressed from that. So, and again, the, the, 
the defense is a concern as well. I think that's really telling that you gave up 150 points to a OKC Thunder team that pretty much we know is going to be tanking, but also they were without SGA, their best player uh, in the lineup in that previous game for Boston. So I like Dallas here tonight. I think the, the, the public side of this might be the Boston Celtics. Um, but I, I think that with Christian Wood, being in the starting lineup now, it's made a world of a difference for this Dallas Mavericks team. I know Delonte and I were talking about that off offline here, but Delonte, let's start with the side here, and then we'll get to the total and some player props in this game. But as far as the side right now, which uh, which way are you leaning? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty heavy on Boston um, simply because I think that they play. I think somebody else mentioned it in the chat that they somewhat play to the level of competition, and I think that. The OKC game, although it was troubling to watch and giving up 150 points in regulation to a team without their best player is always horrible, no matter how you slice it, um, especially with the team as talented defensively um, as uh, the Boston Celtics. I mean, they're one of only four teams who are top 10 in offensive and defensive rating. And like you guys said, a lot of the, a lot of the metrics are pretty much they're going to be somewhat watered down simply because of the hot start. But still, it's, they've been consistent as you know, throughout that, throughout the stretch, other than that one game. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I just think that Boston's going to come out with a lot lot of energy. If you read some of the, uh, like, press clippings and stuff like that, uh, they didn't they didn't take that loss, you know, very well. Um, Dallas, I think, is, like, fraudulent. Uh, like Scott brought up, they're only 8-11-1 ATS at home. Um, they Although they've been playing well, they won seven in a row. Uh, they only five and five ATS the last ten, uh, two and three ATS the last five. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much Luca or bust with uh, mm-hmm. with Dallas, and it, I think that if any team is equipped to be able to defend Luca without having a double, it's Boston. Yeah. Um, because I mean, although Tatum, Tatum has made strides and improving as a defender, but I think Jalen Brown is probably going to be the primary defender, which could take away from his offense. But mm-hmm. I think you can sacrifice some offense um, if you're going to, you know, try to limit Luca to, I mean, maybe limit him to like 25, 26 or something like that, if that. Um, but even on the pick and roll that they like to do, I think they're probably going to try to switch out of trying to go after Robert Williams. Because, I mean, Robert Williams, he can play he can play Luca outside and inside. So he can drop coverage on him and he can double him. He can blitz him. So I think they got a little bit more advantage-wise from the defensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they'll anchor that defensive uh, game plan and they'll rely on more transition baskets and, you know, getting out, getting to the free throw line. Uh, and I don't think Dallas will be able to to score as easily as OKC did, especially after hearing about that for the last two days. I'm pretty sure that Missoula is going to have something uh, drawn up and ready for them to get off to a good start. And I also seen that uh, Marcus Smart, the chat was talking about Marcus Smart going P.J. Tucker mode. I don't think Marcus Smart mindset will let him go P.J. Tucker mode. I don't think it's my, Marcus Smart probably thinks he's the best player on the team. I've had an issue with Smart for years, and <laughs> I, I acknowledge that when Smart is very is when he's hitting his threes, he looks incredible. The issue is that game, the type of game where he goes like five for six from three, five for eight from three, happens once a month, and he thinks it happens once a week. So you'll see a lot of really bad Marcus Smart games. I didn't forget about game, what was it, game five against Milwaukee in the playoffs last year when he basically ball hogged the final possession, got blocked by Drew Holiday, and then he got pickpocketed, then a possession after it, and then yeah. ended up losing the game. Didn't matter because Boston won game six and seven, but Smart's always been a guy who thinks he's better than he is, yeah, that's true. and he takes too many shots. He, yeah, and now the argument is defensively, he's very good. I don't think he deserved to win defensive player of the year last year, but he still won it, so I got to give him props for it. But still, Smart's been a guy that's bothered me for a while. And I just think that he's a guy who cannot accept a smaller role because he thinks he's better than he is. Yeah, he's a, he's just like a lesser version of of Russell Westbrook as far as mindset mentality. Like he really thinks that, like I don't know, like at the whenever they turned the season around um, last season when they went on that stretch, like it was because Marcus Smart was like, oh, okay, I'm not the best player on the team. Let me defer to the two best guys on our team and just do what I do best, which is get mm-hmm. them the ball, play defense, and you know. If, if I happen to have an open three, which I'm pretty sure is going to come along because one of these guys are going to get doubled and it's likely going to be my man because they, you know, they, they don't respect my jumper. So whenever he got that mindset installed in him for that stretch, Boston went on that crazy run. And um, like tonight, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not trusting in Marcus Smart, of course, 
um, offensively at least. I just don't trust Dallas, and I don't trust that uh, Boston will come out and play that bad of a game two games in a row. Uh, Matchup-wise, I just think that Boston is going to be able to to withstand some of the things that Dallas likes to do well, which is including in that pick and roll and being able to uh, withstand some of those Luka – uh, flurries that he's gonna because he's I mean he's gonna he's gonna do it he's gonna go on a six seven zero personal run and he's just gonna have to deal with it uh, but I think Boston is gonna be equipped to deal with it uh, a lot better than any other team would be able to. Once again, I think Boston should win this game based on overall talent. The problem is based on current form and whatever Boston's going through both offensively and defensively. I don't trust them enough right now to lay points against a fifteen and five team at home. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, yeah, should have mentioned this that these two teams did match up <clears throat> in Boston earlier this year. Uh, Boston got that victory one twenty five one twelve. That was a game where the Boston Celtics knocked down seventeen of their thirty four three point shots. All five uh, starters were in double figures in that game for the uh, Boston Celtics. Um, so something to keep in mind there. Luca did have a forty two piece in that game along with Christian Wood had twenty six, but they got nothing else from anybody else. A um, couple questions in the chat. We can transition here. Well, let's talk about the total before we get some player props because I know guys are talking about the player props in the chat. Um, tr- uh, Dante, thoughts on the total, 232. Uh, I, it's it's kind of up in the air. I think that both teams are efficient, and I think you highlighted their mix per game, um, like top three or four, that they were both um, in that range for mix per game. They both shoot and make a lot of mid-range jumpers, which is analytically – Terrible. Any analytics person probably hates mid-range jumpers as much as anybody, but they're first and second in makes and the rate that they shoot them. Um, I like offensively. I think they both will be able to, you know, score, but I just don't trust that Boston will be that bad defensively. And if I, if how I envision the game going with Luca being slowed down a little bit more and being able to try to, I guess, facilitate a lot more than score. I think that I'll lean to the under. Okay. Scott, thoughts on the total? I think I'm going to lean to the under as well. I know there's been money on the over. It's gone up about three points, but I think I'm going to lean under mostly because even though Boston, I'm not picking to win this game uh, just based on the current form, I have to expect a significantly better effort defensively from this team. I have to. They gave up 150. If you want a motivation angle, maybe not to win the game, but they have to show anything on that defensive end. If you're looking for just a prideful performance, I think Boston could potentially put on a defensive clinic in this game. Keyword could, and the Mavs still play slow. And uh, Delonte mentioned that Luka could potentially be bottled up kind of by Boston Mm -hmm. because they have a lot of options. And if he struggles, then the entire team's going to fall apart. So there are a couple ways for me to get to the under because Dallas's pace might just completely cause the game to die. Or Boston's defense actually plays a great game. Yeah. I'm going to lean under. I think this number's a little bit high. You mentioned how the first meeting landed at like 237, but Boston went 17 of 34 from three. Yeah. So I don't think that's sustainable. I'll lean under. Might be close, but give me a game in the high 220s. Yeah, I think that was a game uh, where they both teams combined for about 28 three-pointers made in that game. You said Luka uh, went for 42. Boston yeah. went like 17 of 34. Mm-hmm. Every starter had doubled. Like, there's a lot of variables yeah. there that I don't see repeating itself. <clears throat> yeah, and both teams uh, shot 53% uh, from the floor. So uh, maybe you see a slower pace here. Uh, or, you know, I think defenses definitely should, uh, like you mentioned, for Boston should step up after they gave up 150 to the OKC Thunder. Uh, let's get to some player props here. LJ or LG asking, he's liking Marcus Smart over six and a half assists. Uh, Christian Wood um, over 18 and a half points. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. over 15 and a half points. Um, and Tatum, if you got the opening number last night, I saw a lot of people were talking about this on uh, gambling Twitter uh, to take Tatum's over 29 and a half points last night. That number has been Bet all the way up to 32 and a half. I already did bet Christian Wood over 18 and a half points uh, here tonight. I know he's been inserted into the starting lineup uh, since that uh, December 17th game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But I think he's gone five straight games where he scored more 19 or more points uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. So I think tonight it's going to be a night where they really need him to step up in that last game. Like I mentioned against the Boston Celtics, he did has 26 points and 12 rebounds in that game for Christian Wood. But Jelante, let me start with you. Any player props you're liking in this game? 
Uh, yeah. Oh, did you want me to? You want to comment on the the ones that you just went over uh, from the chat, or? Just... Uh, yeah. Let me. Yeah. So I I bet the Christian Wood over. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't hate the Tim Hardaway Jr. one. I'll probably maybe look at his threes. Uh, for this game, I think Jason Tatum is probably an auto bet on the over as well, just because you no know, Scott talked about it that. And I think we all agree that it's the two scoring options are pretty much Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I think mm-hmm. Delonte, you mentioned that if Jalen Brown is going to be matched yep. up on Luca here tonight, yep. that offense is going to struggle or he won't have as much effort or, or energy mm-hmm. for the offensive yeah. side. And Jason Tatum probably has um, the points here tonight for the uh, uh, Boston Celtics. Um, Marcus Smart assists. I don't hate it, but I think my two favorite ones would probably be the Christian Wood over and then the Jason Tatum over. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably with you on the uh, on the Tatum over. Uh, Tim Hardaway. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll be able to just get free because I mean, I don't know if Boston will be able to double. I don't know if they'll be able to double Luca as often as other teams. I mean, because they have solid defenders that they won't need to double as much. Um, so I'm not sure if he'll be able to get as many open threes as he's used to getting um, in those pick and rolls where defenses are uh, trapping Luka. Um, and Boston typically defends the three pretty well. Um, so I don't – I mean, I, I'm not going to play against it, but I'm not going to play on it as well. Uh, Marcus Smart assists. I mean, you just got to kind of pick your poison and think of, like, does Marcus Smart want to go at Luka? Does he think this is a, you know, one mono mono game? So is he going to pass? Like, you never know what, what Marcus Smart is going to do, so I would just stay away from it. Uh, as far as personal um, player props, I like, I like Luka assists. Um, we've been talking about it. I think he's going to be more in a facilitating role uh, with some of those guys because they can switch off, I mean, three or four defenders. I mean, they can get Tatum, Brown, Brogdon, uh, Smart. Like, Robert Williams can switch on them and, and be uh, pretty effective. So, I mean, they have guys that can throw at him. So, I think he'll be more in a facilitator role. Uh, eight and a half is what I see on his assists. He's went over seven of the last nine. He's had double figures in three of those games, I think 10, 10, and 12. Um and I think it's a good matchup for him to uh, to be more facilitating. And if he's going to be facilitating, I like that Christian Wood prop that you brought up and that also was brought up in the chat uh, to be able to stretch the defense and pull Robert Williams away from the rim, uh, make some jumpers. Uh, I don't see a lot of Robert Williams props. I mean, when he's like he's getting an uptick in his minutes. Yeah. Um, he's only had like two double doubles since he's game came back. But I think it's a good matchup for him. Uh, a lot of shots going to be going up in the half court. Uh, Boston's really good in defensive rebounding. Uh, so I would look for him a double-double if you can. Uh, and that's that's probably about it as far as player props. Yeah, I also want to mention this. Uh, Christian Wood, since he got put into that starting lineup, it's been nine games. He's had two or more blocks in eight out of those nine games. Uh, currently see his blocks over one and a half at plus 175. So if you want to get down on that oh, wow. uh, for Christian Wood here tonight, um, I think the market hasn't caught up to that one. But um, – Scott, player props in this game, if any, that you do like? Yeah, I think there's two sneaky ones. One of them was actually mentioned uh, by ZSA in the chat. Uh, in the chat, uh, Marcus Smart under in points. I know it's a bit dangerous because it's a TNT game. Maybe he goes for a bunch of heat checks, but it's at 10.5, and, and you're looking at Smart's last couple of games. Uh, he had seven. I know he got ejected in that game, but he had seven, four, 17, nine, six, and six. So he's had less than 10 points in five of the last six. And Horford is at eight and a half. I called Horford out when we initially talked about the game because he's done nothing offensively for this team. Mm -hmm. To go through the actual points for Horford, it is hilariously bad. To go through the numbers here, (laughs) in order, two, eight, eight, three, 11, 17. So a decent two-game stretch there. Six, eight, six, three, five, six. So he's had less than nine points in, what is that, nine of, was that, 10 of the last 12? Yep. That's awful. I, I know it's eight <laughs> and a half, which is a low number, but Horford isn't even looking at the rim in these games. And Delonte mentioned that you're looking at potentially Robert Williams getting more minutes, maybe if the knee holds up, which is still a question mark. But Horford doesn't do anything offensively for this team. So I feel like under eight and a half is definitely worth a look when he's gone under in 10 of 12. Does it change your mind that he scored double digits in eight of the last nine games against Dallas? No. 
Okay. <laughs> doesn't change that. I mean, it's all based on his current role with the team, which right now, what is his role with the team offensively? Corner three most, point shots. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're just saving him for the playoffs. I don't he's think he's PJ Tucker much. role. I was going to say that the, that's why they can't give Smart the PJ Tucker role because Al Horford's already doing it, but he's yeah, just man, in the corner it, the entire time. It's hard. PJ Tucker, you know how many points he has in the last seven games? Two, three. 14 in seven games. In, That's actually in those, not bad. He had a scoreless <laughs> streak of like five straight games. Yeah, he, in, in that streak, he had four games where he scored zero points. Uh, PJ Tucker, a once in a, I don't know, once in a lifetime player at this point. Just yeah, man. No he's care. just content on standing there <laughs> right. and playing good defense. Which, yeah, they don't know, make players like PJ Tucker anymore. They and really they, don't. North Carolina legend, man. They don't make a shoe collection either. But yeah, they definitely don't. Definitely. Colby is my dad asking uh, any D-Gen first basket props for tonight. I don't well, play these. I don't know if you guys have any. Yeah, for this I, I game, it feels chalky. It feels like a Tatum or Luka type of. I don't play him, but I would play Marcus Smart. I mean, just for the hell of it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, mean, he, uh, guys, I mean, if he gets yeah. the ball, he's going to shoot it. So, yeah. Anything else for this game, guys, before we move on to the next one? No, I got nothing. All right. Let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the Utah Jazz in Houston to take on the Rockets. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the Utah Jazz at minus five. That number is up to six and a half. I'm starting to see some minus sevens pop up as well for this game. Uh, total opened up at 232 and a half. Uh, that number has been bent down to 230 and a half. Currently 231. Over on win bet. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, the Rockets did play last night uh, in New Orleans, where they did get uh, did take an L in that game. Uh, the Utah Jazz, uh, pretty clean injury report, other than Colin Sexton is going to be out for this game. He has uh, he's dealing with that right hamstring injury maintenance officially on the injury report uh, for the Utah Jazz and Colin Sexton. Um, I guess are we going to abide by Terrell's rules here of laying or fading Utah when they are favorites and taking Rockets as a home underdog, or are we back in the Utah Jazz here? Scott, I'll start with you. For me, Utah's a favorite, which means you kind of have to auto fade them. But Houston sucks. No offense, but not. <laughs> I know they suck. They're I think I have good. to go with Houston at this point. It's a system play, isn't it? It's like a it general is. principle play. I mean, Utah's yeah. laying six and a half. You don't know how Houston's going to cover. But I can't lay it with Utah. Should they win by 30? Yes, they should win by 30. But I can't trust this team as a favorite, especially on the road. Hold my nose and take Houston. Houston has been pretty good against the spread in the home underdog role. I'll say that much. They're 9-5-2 against the spread in that span. Um, 9-7-2 at home uh, against the spread this season. And again, they've already played two games this season where the uh, Rockets went they won in Houston, uh, 114-108, and then in Utah, the Jazz, I'm sorry, won by eight points. So kind of within that number, if this number keeps pushing up to maybe seven and a half, I don't think it'll get there, but um, they, they, they've been pretty close games between these two teams here. So I'm going to go with the Rockets as well. I think, you know, Terrell would be disappointed with us laying the points with Utah on the road here. So Rockets I, I for me. have to be tempted by Houston team total, right? Because if we're picking them to be close, Utah doesn't guard anybody. No. Yeah, they I agree. Don't, they don't, but Houston's been struggling uh, offensively. I mean, they failed to reach 110 in three of the last five. To uh, be fair, Houston struggled at everything. So. Yeah, it's yeah, but but I think I think offensively, I mean, they at least they at least like can you know run and gun and put up some points. But lately, they just haven't been doing that of that at all. Um, but I mean, you know, Utah is the perfect recipe for that uh, with their lack of defense. So I mean, I don't hate it. Uh, Delonte side, which uh, way are you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. Sorry to my to our man Terrell, but I, I like I'm gonna go with Utah simply. I mean, I just Traitor. don't. Think, yeah, I just don't. I just <laughs> don't trust man. that that Houston will be able to stop uh, marketing uh, and to a lesser extent Jared Vanderbilt. I don't know if you guys been uh, watching a lot of Utah game. I mean, I don't. I don't have a life, so I watch a lot of Utah Jazz games on the late night. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Jared Vanderbilt is one of the guys who I, I really really like um, for. He's, pro- he's probably my favorite or top three unsung heroes right like he is guys in the league yeah he's exactly. really good yeah, exactly uh, and I'm, i was like shocked that um minnesota like traded him away uh, i thought he was a real good key piece for them he's um, a really good rebounder the more yeah, time that goes by the more i think minnesota drunk dialed utah for that trade yeah. yeah so i mean i'm sorry <laughs> to my man Terrell, but this is payback for him for going after my man bam and since he's <laughs> since that since that podcast bam has been absolutely destroying every prop that's thrown his way. So I want real to know that right now that I'm strictly taking Utah to book his bam hate 
uh, from the last episode that we did together. But uh, but yeah, man. Overall, I just I, I don't. It's not something I, that I love. I mean, I would just lay it with Utah. They, both teams are on five game losing streaks. Um, I just think overall Utah is a better team now. I don't. I'm not going to bet my mortgage on it. But you know, just small bet on Utah uh, to win by you know eight or nine points. All right. Uh, any thoughts on the total here? Uh, Delonte two thirty. Two now over on win bet. Uh, with both of these defenses, I would just go over. I mean, um, Houston is like bottom five, bottom six in every defensive metric as far as effective field goal percentage, three point percentage, rim percentage allowed. Um, now, Utah doesn't, you know, go to the rim as much, but if they're firing on all cylinders with Clarkson, marketing, Conley, uh, if those guys are hitting threes, it could be a long night for, uh, for Houston. So Probably I would just lean over. Too. I would lean over. Uh, Scott, thoughts on the total? I think I have to lean over. I mentioned Utah. I mentioned Utah's defense being terrible. The paint defense, especially, is awful. They've been trying to use Kessler more because he gives them some form of rim protection, but he gets into foul trouble a decent amount. So I'm not sure how much he's going to stay on the court. But I like the over. I see a track meet here. Give me Houston to put up a respectable effort offensively, and I still don't think they can stop anybody. So give me the over. I think this game could get into the 240s potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, player props, if you're looking at anything in this game. Uh, oh, my bad. Scott, go ahead. That's fine. I saw Chris mention it in the uh, comment section. You mentioned KPJ over in points. I don't mind mm-hmm. that. Uh, we know that he's not afraid to shoot. Yeah. We can definitely agree on that. So I think <laughs> like, Kevin Porter <laughs> Jr. is going to see a lot of matchups. Maybe you might see him and Clarkson engage in a heat check fest where they just go back and forth. It wouldn't oh, surprise yeah. me if oh, that yeah. happens. Oh, yeah. You got to blindly take Markkinen, don't you? I mean, Markkinen's just a machine at this point. Yeah, yeah I like um. Oh my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. I like Malik Beasley threes made. Uh, he's made two or more. He he's usually lined at one and a half two. Um, and he's made two or more threes in ten of the last thirteen games. Um, with Sexton being out, has boosted his shot attempts and also his uh, playing time. So I like him a lot. Uh, we spoke on Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, points, rebounds, and assists is eighteen and a half. He's went over that number in three of the last four games. Um, Got to think that he'll have an advantage with that second lineup um, of Houston being a little bit on the smaller side. And especially, I think Houston's more effective um, with Jabari at the five. I don't know, Munaf, I know you watch a lot more than, than I do, but when I see them, I see a lot more spacing, a lot more, you know, continuity when Jabari's at the five. And I know Sangoon is a real big piece for them, but I think they're better when uh, Jabari's at the five. So I like his points and rebounds over 19 and a half. Um, he's went over four of the last seven. Um, and if I if things line up with how I think they are with um, Houston going more small ball, I think he'll have a lot more opportunities to hit the glass and and uh, make some threes, stretching out the uh, stretching out the defense. Yeah, Jordan, I also do like Jordan Clarkson threes here tonight at two and a half. Uh, he's gone over this projection of two and a half in eight of the last ten games. Um, for the Utah Jazz, that number, like I mentioned, yeah, two and a half at minus one thirty. Um, that's the only one that I did like. I think, yeah, you probably have to auto bet marketing points. The guy's just an animal right now. Uh, Larry Legend, Larry, Laurie Bird, as I think we like to say <laughs> Bird. Uh, on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, uh, I see Vanderbilt's rebounds at six and a half at minus 150. If you can find the seven and a half, I think that, again, that magic number for him is eight, eight to nine rebounds for Vanderbilt. So I, I don't hate that either here for tonight um, mm-hmm. for as far as player props. Uh, anything else for this game, guys? Uh, no, I, but I added his assists because he he has been passing the ball a lot, a lot better. So just just to not pay as much juice on that rebound and points prop. That's why I added the assists. All right, let's get over to the last game of the night. The L.A. Clippers in the Mile High City to take on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the Denver Nuggets at minus six. That number now has been bet down to minus five. Uh, total up and up at 224.5. That number has been bet up to 229 in this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Denver Nuggets, uh, pretty clean injury report. Uh, uh, Jeff Green is the only one that's going to be out for this game. He's sitting with a left finger sprain hand fracture. For the L.A. Clippers, uh, Nicholas Batum is out for this game. Um, and Paul George is questionable officially on the injury report. He has a right hamstring soreness on the injury report here for the Clippers. Let's start with the side here. Scott, I'll start with you. Denver Nuggets minus five hosting the L.A. Clippers. I want to take the Clippers, but Paul George might not play. <clears throat> yep. And I don't know if I can go to the window if he's not playing. So... 
it's a classic Clippers injury report situation. But I want to take the Clippers. I really do. Because I feel like everyone's going to take Denver. And these games, whenever these two teams play, seem to always be competitive and they're a bit unpredictable. Do I think the Clippers can hang with them if Paul George is out? Probably not. I'll just be honest. But if he's in the lineup, I'll take the Clippers. As a result, I'm kind of simple with it. But it's going to be tough to actually use for a lock and dog segment because I don't know who's playing for the Clippers. But I guess I'll lean, once again, I'll take the Clippers if PG's in, and I'll take the Nuggets if he's out. All right. Uh, Delonte? Yeah, I mean, I'm in line with uh, what Scott was saying. I think it's a, I think it's a great spot if Paul George is playing. Um, but like you said, I mean, you never know. My my thoughts would be that when I was doing some some reading and stuff, um, is that he will play. Um, mm-hmm. Denver won the last matchup uh, by 10 without Kawhi and PG. Aaron Gordon had 29. It was John Wall. They were, they were killing him the entire game. Yeah, John Wall had 23. Um, surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, but Zubak did an incredible job on Joker. He held him to 19 points. Now, it was an efficient 19 points, and Joker still had 13 rebounds. But, I mean, not many people can say they held Joker to under 20 points. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, and they, I mean, they don't have to double Joker as much, which I think he invites the double team more because he knows he can affect the game more from passing and getting other guys involved because he's going to be able to get his whenever. So I think Zubat can play him straight up. Um, but without Paul George, I mean, I like this Clippers team, but they don't have enough offense. I mean, even with Paul George and Kawhi mixed in in the lineup, they still are, you know, bottom five, bottom ten in all offensive metrics. Now they do play well defensively, which is the complete opposite of what Denver does. Denver mm-hmm. is a great offensive team and doesn't play well defensively. So, I mean, rubber has to meet the road some in some form. So it's going to be whoever can dictate and run their own pace. Uh, with Paul George in the lineup, I'll, I'll be on the Clippers for sure. Uh, without him, I'll, I'll just sit this one out. Yeah, I think if Paul George is able to go in this game, I'll be on the Clippers here. But uh, the thing that kind of sticks out to me here is that the Denver Nuggets have won six out of the last seven regular season meetings uh, between these two teams. But again, it'll be interesting who's been in those games for the Clippers. If, if obviously no Kawhi last season uh, in those games, uh, he is going to be playing in this game. But keep an eye out for Paul George in this game. But if Paul George is playing in this game, uh, I do like the Clippers here, plus five as well um, against the Denver Nuggets. Thoughts on the total here, uh, uh, Scott? Uh, currently sitting at 229. It's really, really t- a tough call. I don't really have any thoughts. I, I feel like I'd lean under, and you just hope that this game turns into a competitive playoff atmosphere, but I don't really have a strong opinion. I guess I'll lean under, but I don't feel great about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same boat. I mean, it's just I just don't know what to expect um, without Paul George in the lineup. Um, I, guess I, would, I guess you can just probably bet the under, and if Paul George is out, Pretty sure you're gonna get some good value uh, if you're into that type of thing, but you know, I just it's it's too hard to call. I, but I would lean under. I wouldn't play. It. I wouldn't play it though. All right, uh, let's get over to some player props in this game. Um, I do like Jokic's rebounds here tonight against the uh, the LA Clippers. He's had let's see, um, thirteen or more rebounds against the Clippers in six straight games. Um, in, in that span, he's had 13 or more in six of those straight games. Uh, and then again, they I think they played earlier this season, like you mentioned there, Delonte, where he only had 19 points, but he had, did have 13 rebounds in that mm-hmm. game. So I'm currently seeing his number listed at 11 and a half as far as rebounds. I think there's a little bit of edge there, a little bit of value there at 11 and a half. So uh, that one player probably that I was looking at was the over on his rebounds uh, for the Joker here tonight. Uh, Delonte, you have any player props you like in this game? Um, I like Michael Porter Jr. a lot in this matchup, uh, especially yeah. if Paul George is not playing. Uh, it's a good matchup for him. Uh, it's eight, uh, 16 and a half, I think, is his point. He's went over that in six of the last eight. And like I said, I think this matchup is in his favor with them not having as many wings, as like defendable wings um, size-wise to be able to handle him. Because you're looking at, you know, maybe a Terrence Mann, a Norman Powell, a Marcus Morris. Or Mark, whichever Morris twin, I don't know which one is on. The, I think hey, it's Marcus, 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 Marcus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you're looking at them, and uh, they're not the defenders, obviously, at Kawhi and Paul George are. So I've looked for him over 16 and a half points. And speaking of Powell, I like him over. He struggled the last two games, three of 11 combined in both of those games. But before that, um, he he's been killing it. Like he had been going over in um, on a consistent basis, uh, and his points pretty much fluctuate with who's in the lineup and who's out. So it's kind of hard to tell right now. They don't have a number up right now. I would assume it would be around 12 and a half, 13. Uh, I'll tweet it out 
Um, but I'll definitely be over that if it, no matter if Paul George is playing or not, I'll be over Norm Powell. Uh, Scott, any player props you like in this game? Yeah, there's one underrated one that I'm looking at. I'm looking at Aaron Gordon uh, to record a block at minus okay. 115, which I think is a pretty good price. Uh, to go through his recent game log, he's had at least one block in uh, seven of the last nine games. And he's had at least one block in each of the last two games against the Clippers in the first game of the season. He had two in 28 minutes. It's minus 115, but he's had a block in seven of nine. That's good enough for me. I think there's value at minus 115. I like it. Um, anything else for this game, guys, before we get into our lock and dog for this Thursday schedule? Nope, just a classic Clippers game. You can't handicap it because you don't know who's playing. I wanted yep. to make a case for maybe a Zubak double-double if the price would be absurd, but the Clippers don't have any players available for props at this point because you don't know who's going to play. Yeah. So Zubak, I know, historically has not done the greatest against the Clippers. However, he doesn't really get into foul trouble, so mm-hmm. I think he could be on the court a decent amount in this game. If it's, if it's going to be somewhere in the high 200s or 300s, I think it's worth a flyer. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get into our picks here for this Thursday night schedule. Uh, Delante, why don't you lead us off, my man? What's your lock in dog for tonight? Uh, the lock I'm going with uh, Boston on the road, bounce back spot. Uh, we all went over it. I know I'm the only person that's on Boston, honestly. Uh, I think that's, a, guys... that's a you problem. When off and I are, are fine, with <laughs> I, I will mention this the Dallas Mavericks are 3 11 and 2 against spread in non conference games this season. That's in the past. We look forward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I like Boston a lot. This game, um, I think all the, I think all the matchup wise, like matchup wise, I think it's in their favor. Um, other than Luca, um, and like I said, we just, I, I just think this is a bounce back spot for uh, Boston to be able to come in and get a big win against a team who's been rolling uh, seven games in a row, uh, who's a bit fraudulent in my perspective. Um, so that would be my lock. It's at three. Um, honestly, yeah. if you can find a cheap money line, I would lay the money line instead of laying the three points. It's a lot better value. You don't have to worry about uh, the back door. Um, so I would take the. I would lay the three. Um, but if you find a cheap money line, I would just play the money line as well. Um, as for the dog, I'll just go back to the Clippers. I don't like any dog at all um, on this game on this slate other than the Clippers. Just basing off if Paul George plays, um, I think that they got a real good shot to cover and win this game. If he doesn't play, I mean, we've seen Denver play down to the competition. And, you know, the Clippers, they're well off without Paul George and Kawhi playing games. They're not going to be, you know, like shocked or, you know, like it's nothing they're not new to. It's nothing they're not used to. So yeah. um, I'll use them as my dog simply because not a dog that I love, but, you know, just the only one on the slate that has less fleas than the other. All right, Scott, uh, lock and dog. Uh, this one's a bit tricky because for the lock, I, I thought about taking Memphis again, but eh, I don't really know. I was kind of going to save it for my dog. Uh, but I think I'm going to go back to the player prop I just mentioned. I mentioned Aaron Gordon over half a block at uh, yep. minus 115. Once again, seven of nine. He's had one. Uh, he's had at least one in each of the last two games against the Clippers, and he had two in the first meeting. I just think for Jokic's lack of rim protection, Gordon has to embrace a bigger responsibility in that front, and I think he could end up getting one block if he plays 30 minutes. So I'll go with the Aaron Gordon over half a block as my sneaky player prop lock of the night. And for my dog, I'm going to go with Ja double-double at plus 120. He killed me on the points yesterday. I'll be honest. It wasn't his fault, though, because they were so good for the first 30 minutes of the game. But he's been a double-double machine recently. You look at Jaws' numbers, he's really embraced kind of pivoting from a point-scoring point guard to a well-balanced point guard. And it seems like he enjoys getting his teammates involved. And Orlando's defense isn't very good. I think you'll end up seeing uh, Ja have a lot of opportunities to get downhill and to just find free assists to open shooters or even just to kick it down low to Jackson or even Steven Adams. I'll take Jaw double-double at plus 120. All right. Uh, Delonte had to uh, leave for work, so we got his picks in time. So uh, he'll be back next week as usual. All right. For my picks here, man, there's a couple of ways we can go here. For my luck, I really like the Jokic rebound props here tonight, over 11 and a half. I'll take that as my luck. Like I mentioned, six straight games where he's had at least 13 or more rebounds against its Clippers team. Um, again, we know this guy walks into a gym, 
He's a, a he can fill up the stat sheet and get a triple double any single night. So I think he'll continue to have success here tonight against the Clippers. I'll take his rebounds over 11 and a half here tonight as my lock for my dog. I'm going to give you two here. I'm going to make Terrell proud. Give me the Houston Rockets on the money line here against the Utah Jazz. Um, Jazz, again, we've talked about it on the pod. Shouldn't beat you. We fade them when they're road favorites. Um, and then you take the points when they're underdogs. So I'll, I'll lay the or I'll take the Rockets at home on the money line. And then Christian Wood over one and a half blocks at plus 185. Um, like I mentioned, he's had two or more blocks, and I think it was like seven out of the uh, nine games since he got start uh, put into the starting lineup. Um, I know he didn't do it against the uh, Celtics earlier this season, but I think he's kind of found his defensive form or at least some rim protection where he can block some shots. So at plus 185 now. Uh, for Christian Wood to have two blocks here tonight against the Boston Celtics. So I'll take that as my two dogs here for tonight here, Scott. Yeah, I thought about maybe a bonus one being Houston team total over 111.5. But offensively, they've been struggling a bit lately, so I decided to stay away from it, but I thought about it. Wanted to make a case for, I mean, Houston, of course, I'm not going to take Utah. I'm not sure if it's a stay away or a blind fade. Uh, But the point is, Houston, they're a really bad team, but you can't trust Utah as a favorite on the road. Yeah, I mean, just them being at home and then having more success, at least covering games at home, I think I do like the spot here for the Rockets. But, um, yeah, that's going to do it for this uh, edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Four-game schedule here in the NBA. A lot of great information that we gave outside total and player props on this episode. Uh, Scott, anything else we need to mention before we get out of here, bud? Not really. I'll be back again tomorrow with Terrell. Uh, Besides that, doing the DFS show for the NFL Gambling Podcast probably today. Reminder, there's no uh, NFL tonight, so it's going to cover the Saturday games. Yep, Saturday games for sure um, for the NFL last week. So make sure to check us out on the NFL Gambling Podcast as well. And like Scott mentioned, uh, Terrell and Scott will be back tomorrow for the Friday games for the NBA. Um, make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Shell Radio. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Do us a favor if you haven't already subscribed or hit the like button on the YouTube uh, page here and uh, this um, live stream. Go ahead and do that for us. It uh, really helps us out. Uh, go to subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel as well. And then also follow us on Twitter for the NBA Gambling Podcast account at SGPNNBA. Uh, we will have some type of contest uh, giveaway for the MLK Day games uh, in a in a in about 10 days here or a little less yeah a little less or a little over 10 days uh so definitely look out for that we'll have more information about that as soon as we get it all right good luck with your picks here tonight let's break these books off and let it ride basketball give me give me give me the ball because i'm going